The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and I'm excited about another evening a day that I get to invest with you to help you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life. And our topic today basically is the three attributes necessary for sales success. Yes, three attributes necessary for sales success. And I always find it interesting as I'm at various meetings and different events and even uh, functions that I go to where I talk to someone And I ask them what they do, and they tell me this long roundabout thing that they do. And it doesn't matter what they're doing. Everyone ultimately is in the job of sales. We're all every day trying to influence decisions, trying to get someone to visit our shop, to visit our store, to purchase our products, to use our services. So we are influencing decisions. And if you're a parent, you're influencing decisions. If you're an attorney... Uh, a doctor, it just doesn't matter. And if we're influencing decisions, we always have to get better at what we're doing. So this particular show, I want to talk about the three attributes that's necessary for you to be successful consistently in growing your sales numbers, growing your business, growing your client base, getting repeat business. You have to be adept and skillful at these three areas. Uh, The three areas basically are selling skills. Selling skills must continually be refined and developed. You have to continue to get better at what you do. I don't care what profession you're in, you have to continue to hone your skills. Think about it for a second. If you went to your accountant and we we all probably just finished dealing with our accountant or either we got an extension. Uh, what would you say if you went to your accountant and he said to you, hey, Rob, I'm so glad to see you. Let me tell you, I have been so busy this past year. I have not really had time to look at the new tax laws. I've just been so busy. My, my, my practice has been growing So since I haven't had time to look at the new tax laws, we're just going to do what we did last year with your taxes, and we are hope for the best. What would you think about that accountant if your accountant said that to you? Uh, I've been too busy, haven't had a chance to continue to hone my skills, to study and, and my craft, and so I can be the best I can for you. So we'll just do what we did last year and hope for the best. What would you say about a doctor? that you went to and you had this rash on your arm. And he said, wow, that's an ugly rash. He said, wow, you know, my practice is growing. I really 
haven't had a chance to read any of the medical journals recently or the periodicals that I get. So we're just going to put some of this uh, ointment I've been using for decades on it, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, the bottom line is none of us would be satisfied if the professionals that we rely on for our health, for our wealth, for our success, if they weren't on top of their game, the bottom line is we wouldn't continue to use them. And it's the same with your clients. If you can't continually bring them new ideas, new ways of helping them, uh, they probably will move someplace else eventually as well. Because contrary to popular, to popular belief, your clients don't do business with you because of what you sell. They now do business with you because of what you know and what added value you can bring to them. While you're providing the service that they need, what also can you make them aware of that can help them grow their business, be more successful, reduce their cost, help them be more efficient and effective? All right. So let's talk about some of the things that's going to be necessary for you to accomplish that. One is selling skills. The other is product knowledge regarding what your craft is. And the, the last but not, I won't say it's least, is attitude. Those are the three components. If you were to imagine a pie, this pie was 100% of what you needed to be successful consistently. It would be selling skills, must be continually refined and developed. Product knowledge regarding whatever your product or your service or your business is must be continually enhanced. And you have to have the right attitude and something under attitude called purpose that's mandatory. It's not even optional. So we're going to take each one of these step by step. We're going to start with selling skills first. And selling skills embodies several components that we're going to walk through. And let's let's take a look at them. And, and selling skills, that means understanding the entire sales process. Uh, from the time you first meet a client, and just to kind of keep it simple to make sure we're all using the same language, I, I learned back in the day, I won't even say how long ago it was, I learned back in the day there were five basic parts to the sale. And every sales course, sales program have their own acronym or, or certain steps, but they're all basically the same when it, when it all boils down to it. The first step is the attention step. And the attention step, that's when you're actually meeting the client for the first time. And what you have to do when you meet them is you want to establish rapport very quickly. The best way to establish rapport is to let someone talk about them, themselves. Uh, The best way to seem like a great conversationalist is to let someone talk about themselves. So establish rapport. Talk about something they like, something they enjoy. It could even be a very quick compliment. And not flattery. A compliment is different from flattery because a compliment, you can validate why you said it. There's a valid reason why you feel that way. Flattery is normally used just to get by over someone. Okay? So you can compliment them. You can establish rapport. And as a rule, you want to break the ice. Uh, That's also what is called breaking the ice. Do it for maybe a couple of minutes. And then now we want to get to business. And when we get to business, we are... In the second part of the attention step where we want to set an agenda for what we want to do that day. What we want to do is learn more about that person, what they're looking to accomplish, why your service is important to them at this particular point in time. Okay, you set an agenda of what you want to accomplish in that meeting. And once you've set the agenda in the attention step, 
and you get the acceptance of the agenda. Now we're moving to the interest step. And in the interest step, we want to ask questions. We want to probe. We want to dig deep. We want to put on our scuba gear, and we want to get down low. All right? Uh, if you have my book, Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something, I talk about two types of sales professionals when it comes to asking questions to understand what a customer or client is looking to accomplish. We have someone called Swimming Sally. Swimming Sally is on the surface trying to uncover the client's needs, and she's getting circumstantial surface information. Then we have Scuba Sam. Scuba Sam gets puts on his scuba gear, and he dives deep. He dives low to get to the real need. What's really going on with that client that's driving the need for what you can offer them? And the, the goal is this. The key is this. People will always invest or, or purchase more of your products or services Spend more money with you when you are selling to the real need versus the circumstance. Okay, when when my family was with me, my kids and and everything were still home. Anytime I looked for a vehicle, the most important need I had was safety. Okay, and if someone, a car salesperson, focused on safety. And they were able to make me feel that that car was the safest one on the road. It almost didn't matter what they were asking for the vehicle. I was willing to spend more for that vehicle because they hit what we call my hot button. We also call it my dominant buying motive. The dominant buying motive is the primary reason I'm going to do business with someone. It's the primary reason you do business with someone. They normally hit your DBM or dominant buying motive. All right. So we want to we want to dive deep. We want to get down to the real essence of what's important and why they're out there. OK. And why they're looking for what you have to offer. So after we've asked those questions and now we really understand and we want to sell to the real need. Now we're going to present our solutions and our services or products from a vantage point that makes sense to what they're looking to accomplish long-term. If it's recreation, that's what we sell to. If it's peace of mind, that's what you sell to. If it's reducing costs or improving efficiency, that's what you sell to. And that's in the conviction step. That's when we give our presentation. And we only talk about things in our presentation that's going to be relevant to what they're looking to accomplish. And I'll talk about that in greater detail in just a little bit. All right. And but the, the, the cool thing about it is this. If we are successful in linking our services to what they need. We create something called desire. And when someone desires what we are providing, they give off what we call buying signals. They start asking you all types of questions. So um, what does it take to get involved with this? And how soon could we get started? And what type of deposit would you need? And when would it be complete? What's your first opening? Those are buying signals. If someone starts asking buying signals, that means they have taken mental ownership and they're prepared to write you a check. (laughs) Once they're prepared to write you a check and they take mental ownership, now we just ask for the business, which is to close. So those are the steps of the sale. We have attention where we establish rapport and we set an agenda of what we like to accomplish 
in that very brief meeting with them. Once we've set the agenda, then we probe to understand what's important to them and we dive deep. We want to get to the real need, not just some circumstance. Okay. And then once we fully understand why they're interested in our service, that's when we start giving the presentation, linking how our service is going to meet that specific need that they have. And once we have shown how our service will meet that need, we create something in their mind called desire. And then when we create desire, they give off buying signals. The buying signals could be in the form of questions, as we just identified. The buying signals can be in the form of statements. It could be, oh, my goodness, Tabitha is going to love this. Or this is exactly what Steve has been looking for. Those are buying signals. Once we identify buying signals, we want to test the water. And then we want to ask for the business. And, and basically, when you ask for the business, you're just confirming to that customer that they have purchased. Okay? So in selling skills, we have to understand the entire process, and we can't skip any portion of the process. So let's talk about time and territory management. That's another aspect of selling skills that's really, really critical because For many of us, especially if you're in business, your time is your only stock and trade. So we can't waste it and we can't let others waste our time. We have to basically be very careful with it. And and one of the, the, the greatest struggles I find that most people have really is time management. And basically, I have a workshop segment on time management, and normally most of the participants express an interest in this subject. And, and many of the workshop evaluations indicate that they always wish that we invested more time on the topic. In reality, more time invested on the topic won't help them. It's execution of the topics that we discussed that's going to help them. So it's time for us to take our first break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about time and territory management. And it's time for a short break. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I'm your host, Ty Maynard. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network. 
the bottom line in business. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to Forget Patience. Let's sell something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking today about the three attributes necessary for sales success. And one of the things we're talking about is selling skills. And believe it or not, underselling skills is time management. And that's one thing that many of us wrestle with. And in my workshops, I'll ask the question, I say, how many of you at the end of the day, you know, you say to yourself, I know I work hard. But I just don't feel like I accomplished a whole lot. And the majority of people will raise their hands. And that's because they didn't have a plan. And the one thing that you have to do every day, and my, my mindset is before you go to sleep, go ahead and have a to-do list set up for the next day. And you will be amazed if you have that list already scheduled when the mar comes and you just get started on it, you'll be amazed how more efficient and effective you are versus just having the things listed in your head. Because I, I read an article at one time, and it said basically that the average office worker, someone that's working, especially in an office, had 25 to 40 disruptions per day. 25 to 40 disruptions per day, and each disruption took them away from what they were trying to accomplish anywhere from three to eight minutes. So if you can imagine that, let's say the average was five minutes, and you had, let's say, just 25. That's 75 extra minutes that's gone, and you multiply that times five days in a week times 22 working days in a month, You've lost a tremendous amount of time. So we have to be mindful and manage our time. And, and really, one of the greatest time wasters could be a coworker. Those of you who may work in an office that's, that's listening, because people have the tendency to not value your time, and we allow them to rob us of it. So we have to be mindful of that. And one of the things you always want to do as well is you want to try to do the painful activities versus painless activities. And the majority of the successful people I have met have learned to do the painful activities first. The painful things are things you may not necessarily enjoy doing, yet they generate revenue. All right? The key to success is doing the painful task on a regular basis, and painless tasks are the things that you may not mind performing. However, they generate very little revenue. Painful activities include but aren't limited to telephoning prospects for appointments, calling on accounts with, without prior contact or relationship, calling on difficult accounts, calling on problem accounts. There are things that you don't like, but they can generate income. On the other hand, painless activities include but aren't limited to 
reading and responding to emails, filling out reports, organizing your desk or your files, calling on current customers that are friendly, but they aren't spending a dime with you. But boy, they're always friendly and easy to talk to. I would rather go. At, I would rather you go after the person that's very challenging and difficult, but they have the money, the authority, and the need. Go after the man. All right, that's an acronym: money, authority, and need. So that's what we want to talk about regarding time and territory management. So you want to make sure you're managing your time well. We all get the same amount of time in a day, and I'll tell you something. One of the things I recommend also is try to identify what your time is worth. So in other words, write down what your income goal is for the year and then divide what your income goal is by 50 weeks, assuming you're going to take two weeks for vacation. Then once you've divided the, the income goal by 50 weeks, that tells you what your time is worth per week. And let's assume you're working a 40-hour week, and we know most of us work more than that. But divide what your weekly time is worth by 40 hours, and that tells you what your average selling hour is worth. That's what you're replacing. So if you're talking to your friend at 10 o'clock in the morning and you're talking about the latest episode of Scandal, The Vikings, whatever it is that you really like, and I don't have anything against any of those shows, but do you have to talk about it at 10 o'clock in the morning? Could you talk about it at 7 o'clock in the morning while you're running? Could you talk about it at noon or after 5? We allow people to uh, erode us of our time. And that's the time you should be calling on someone that can, that can use your services, that can purchase your products. Okay? So time management is one of the things that we allow uh, to get eaten up. And then we also have to keep in mind that we want to continue to prospect. You have to always continue to look for opportunities. Because as good as a relationship you have with your customers right now, and I'm sure they love you to death, and they do a lot of business with you, for some reason, probably no fault of your own, you're going to lose some of those clients. Some of those clients are going to move away. Some of those clients may move on uh, in some other way. Some of those clients may file bankruptcy. Something happens. And we have to continue to find new opportunities. And I'll never forget the time I had one lady who she had customers, the same customers for several, several years, was making really good money into the six figures. And I think she had these customers, same five customers, for six years, and she just thought that gravy train was never, ever going to end. And I said to her, I, I'll make up a name. And by the way, this is a made-up name. Uh, let's say uh, Valerie. I said, Valerie, I know you've had a really good ride with these customers, and you've served them well, and they've paid you well. I said, but you really, especially while things are good and you don't need it, you may want to prospect and find additional opportunities. I say because there's a storm coming. There's always a storm coming. Uh, but she couldn't hear what I had to say because the gravy train had been taken off every day for six years. Then all of a sudden, one day, no fault of her own in one year, 
uh, one of her clients that was a major lawsuit and they froze all spending because they didn't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars they were going to have to pay out in this lawsuit. So they froze all spending. That customer went away from her. Then another one of her customers was uh, acquired by one of her rivals. She lost that one. And then another customer started getting beaten uh, profusely by their competition. And they halted spending. So she lost three of her five biggest accounts in one year. And she went from making over $200,000 a year, and this was this was a while ago, to that year she made $36,000. But it could have been prevented had she continued to prospect. And one of the things I like to say is I call that fortifying while there's peace. I read a story one time, and it talked about this king. And he had peace in his land. All of his enemies had been removed. And his counselors say, well, hey, now that we don't have any enemies, let's relax. Let's kind of chill. Let's just let's ride this gravy train. And he said, no, while there's peace, let's fortify. Let's build up the walls, because guess what? When the storms hit, we don't have time to try to fortify. And I live in Florida and we it's, we're about to go into hurricane season. We get uh, a warning, unlike many, many natural disasters, we get a warning sometimes five, seven days in advance that a storm's coming. So most of us will start preparing because we know there's potential for us to get hit. I can't prepare when the hurricane is here. <laughs> it's not going to work. So that's why I'm saying we have to continue to prospect. I don't care if you just use 30 minutes per day. 30 minutes per day of prospecting will help keep poverty away. Keep in mind that 30 minutes per day of prospecting over the telephone, however you choose to do it, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, it doesn't matter. Pro- figure out ways to contact potential prospects that can be converted to clients. If you did 30 minutes per day in a five-day week, that's two and a half hours, okay, times four weeks in a month, average of four weeks, that's 10 hours in a month, times 12 months, that's 120 hours of prospecting. And let's see how many eight-hour days that is. If you take 120 hours divided by eight hours, uh, excuse me, yeah, eight hours to determine an eight-hour day, that would be 15 work days, 15 eight-hour work days just by prospecting 30 minutes per day. And I have some people say to me, well, Ty, but can I just, can I just get on the phone on Thursdays and bang out two and a half hours worth of calls? And it's my recommendation that you don't because what normally happens is on Thursday when you're supposed to make calls from 8 to 10.30, something happens that morning where you can't make the calls. So now you go two weeks without making calls and it's easier to go three weeks. And before you know it, you're not doing anything as far as prospecting. And did I mention that storm is coming? Oh, I wasn't sure if I mentioned that a storm is coming because a storm is coming. But those of you who are out there who, who exercise in any form or fashion, I have a question for you. What would you get the most eff- effect out of 
if you exercise one day per, per week for two and a half hours or if you exercised five days per week, 30 minutes per day. And I think we all know that we would get the greatest results if we exercised 30 minutes per day, five days per week. And that's the same with what we're talking about with prospecting, which is one of the aspects of uh, being successful in the selling skills. And let's talk about account development. All right. Account development. Too many times we have an account that we're already doing business with. And instead of trying to get more out of the account we're doing business with currently, we, we spend a lot of time and effort trying to get more business from people who don't know who we are. And the sales cycle will be shorter with someone you're already doing business with. The profit margins will be higher with someone you're already doing business with. All right. So basically what I'm saying is this. If you have two services that you're selling that particular customer now, but your company offers five services, let's try to sell them more services. Let's try to sell them the three that we aren't, they aren't utilizing right now. That's a faster sales cycle than you trying to go out and find a brand new customer. Let's try to get more business from the customers we have by identifying even more needs that we can serve and then we can solve. And then from there, we're going to ask for the referrals that you've heard me talk about on so many occasions. Referrals is the fastest way to get your next piece of business. So underselling skills, we talked about understanding the entire sales process. We talked about time and uh, management. We talked about uh, prospecting techniques. And we also talked about account development. When we come back, we're going to talk about product knowledge. That's one of the other areas that we have to be skillful at. We have to continue to hone our knowledge if we're going to be consistently successful in the endeavor of influencing decisions, growing our business, and growing our customer base. All right. It's time for us to take another break. Fastest hour of the week. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we will talk to you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynardgroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about the three attributes necessary for sales success. The first attribute we talked about was selling skills. It has several different components under that, that, that big title. And now we're talking about product knowledge, Whether whatever, regardless of what it is you're providing, you have to have product knowledge in order to convey the points necessary to help your your prospects and clients understand how you can serve them. So relative to your product line or your products or your services, you need to be able to give a thorough presentation. And when I say thorough, I don't mean you give the same rote presentation to everyone you talk to. You're able to be flexible in your presentation. You only talk about to that particular client What's relevant based on what you uh, you discovered in asking them questions? So be flexible. Change if 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 you had twelve things that you normally talk about, but only four or five things are really relevant to this particular client. Don't talk about all twelve things. Only talk about the four or five that's relevant to them. Because if we try to talk about all twelve things, you're going to do something uh, known as it's, it's kind of graphic. It's called throwing up on the prospect. That's really what you're doing. I know it's graphic. It's also called talking past the sale. Because in many instances, when we just keep talking, we sold the prospect. We sold the customer. And then because we kept talking, we bought it back. And that was a, a song, a rap song in the 90s. Uh, that I said was the national anthem for many sales professionals, and it was I think it was done by Run DMC, and it went like this. I say you talk too much. Homeboy, you never shut up. I say you talked. We just keep talking. But understand this. When we get to the point of presentations, less truly is more. All right? So we want to be flexible. We want to know when to stop, when to Hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away. I think that's a song. All right. We also want to be creative. What can you do that's out of the norm that, can, that shows creativity regarding your particular product or service? Because people remember things that are, are out of the norm. Okay. What can you do that's creative? I have even juggled to talk about how... We can help, keep, help them keep all of their balls in the air. When I was in the business of office furniture and they had to worry about move management, asset inventory management, they had so many concerns. I would juggle and say, you may not be able to keep all of these balls in the air, but we can. And people got it. They got it. So we have to talk about being creative. And I want to say this about competition real quick. <laughs> Your competition. I have a few rules about the competition. Number one, if you do have competition, don't call them your competition. All right. 
Don't call them your competition to your prospects or customers. Don't say, well, my competitors, and don't keep using their names because I've had it where someone keeps saying, my competitors do this, but we do it this way. My competitors, you know, I kind of sense, I also probably need to take a look at their competition. If they keep mentioning them, if their competition has them this fearful, there's a reason, and I need to explore it, all right? I have three more rules about competition. Oh, and by the way, instead of calling them competition, you can say other manufacturers, other service providers, other whatever, but don't call them your competition. Uh, there are three other rules I have is this. Rule, rule number two, never talk bad about your competition. Rule number three, never talk bad about your competition. Rule number four, never talk bad about your competition. Because anytime you talk bad about them, you are talking bad about yourself. As a matter of fact, I have one business because I commented positively about uh, what the other service providers may be able to do. And then, but what I did was I communicated their weaknesses in a professional manner. I communicated their weakness by magnifying my strengths. I'll never forget one time I had a client that came. Uh, first of all, I tried to get them to my showroom so they could see my product, and they kept saying, no, 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 no. And finally, that courteous determination I talk about all the time finally won over. Persistence does wear down resistance. Those of you who have children know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that, all right? They don't understand N-O, when they hear N-O from you, what they hear is K-N-O-W. They hear you don't know enough yet to say yes to my request. All right? So that's the mindset we have to have. So my client said, no, no, no. Then finally they said, yes. And they said, well, Ty, if we come see you, we need to go see your, the other company. I said, that's fine. I just asked that you come see me first. And when they came to see me first, what I did was I maximized the strengths that we had in our products that would meet their needs tremendously. And I knew that the other company could not meet the needs as great as our strengths. So as they got ready to leave, the guy said to me, he said, this is amazing. This is exactly what we're looking for. I said, let me ask you a question. Would you even consider another company that couldn't do what you just saw? And he said, absolutely not. They were dead in the water then once, when I, once I asked that question. I said, well, I know you're going to see XYZ Company now, and by the way, they're a fine organization. As a matter of fact, as, as I understand it, they're as confident in their abilities as we are in ours. So feel free to ask them to do a similar presentation. I never said anything bad about them, but what happened was when my prospect went over to see them, they walked in the door so excited about what they saw at my showroom they walked to guys and said, okay, you need to show us how your product can do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And they couldn't. And they wouldn't because they couldn't. So as a result, they said, no, they weren't going to do it. That particular prospect came back over to our showroom and gave us the commitment. So I never said anything bad about my competitor. I exposed their weaknesses by maximizing my strength. And that's what we want to focus on, okay? We want to focus on our strengths. And one of the things I also did was I like to go first. 
I like to go first because of several reasons. Number one, I can set up the people that's going to present after me. Number two, if I can get the audience engaged enough, what's going to happen is they're going to lose track of time. They may have told me they only had 45 minutes and they may end up staying with me for an hour and 15 minutes. So when they get to the next person, and those of you who listen who have been in sales for an extended period of time, you've probably had this happen to you at some point or another. When they get to your office, they say, well, we know we told you you have 45 minutes, but you only have 20 minutes. And someone who is expecting to have 45 minutes, but they're giving they're given 20 minutes, they start panicking, and now they try to cram 45 minutes worth of stuff into a 20-minute time frame, and it just comes across just really... Uh, confusing. So I, I like that. I like going first. And also the reason I like going first is because there are times where when I go first, if I can answer all of their questions, I can preclude them from, from going to the next meeting. I have literally had customers that will, if I've answered that question, they're like, well, I don't see any reason for us to look any further because they can meet our needs. So they will call the other company and cancel their visit. So those are reasons I like to go first. And everybody has their reasons. Some people, well, I prefer to go last because, and this reason, it's up to you. I'm just telling you that I've had tremendous success and others that I've trained, they've had tremendous success in going first. Okay? So product knowledge. Now, let me say this also about product knowledge. There are some of you out there who just started a brand new job. And candidly, you probably saying, Ty, this sounds really good, but I just started this job, and I don't know the product. I don't know. So, and you're telling me product knowledge is important. So, what am I going to do? Do I have to just wait until I get the product knowledge? No, you do not have to wait. Because I'll never forget when I went from office equipment to office furniture. And I was given this very aggressive goal, and I had some dealerships that I represented. Uh, once they found out, once the dealer salespeople recognized that I did not know office furniture, I didn't know the product, they didn't want to work with me. At the same time, I still had this big audacious goal I had to hit. So no, I did not know product, but I knew how to get in front of top level people. I knew how to get appointments. And once I got an appointment, I just drug my, one of my counterparts, one of my teammates or my boss along with me until I learned the product. So you don't have to know product to be successful. You do need to know how to sell. You need, do need to know how to get appointments. You need to be able to get in front of people and you drag someone along with you until you get the knowledge. And one of the best ways really to get knowledge is to be involved in an opportunity, in a project of some type. That's when the, num- the, the, the information will stick. You can read all of the manuals till you're blue in the face and it won't stick until you actually get involved in some type of project. All right? So, product knowledge is important. Selling skills is important. The other thing that we're going to talk about that's equally important is attitude. And really and truly, if you were to look at all three of these components together and they made up a pie Attitude would be the biggest portion of the pie. Attitude, based on some research they did, and I'm not sure how they came to these numbers, but they identified that 
attitude was 65% of the pie as far as what was necessary to be consistently successful in sales. Attitude. That's right, attitude. And then selling skills represented 20% of the pie and product knowledge was the smallest piece of the pie. And you're probably saying to me, that doesn't even make sense. Well, believe it or not, it really, really does because when I first started training several years ago, uh, I thought I could look at somebody and tell who was going to be successful. And they sent me this guy who was very well-dressed, good-looking guy, awesome presentation. I mean, just silver tongue, okay? I just knew he was going to be extremely successful, and he wasn't. I called to find out how he was doing with the company, and they told me that he had left after a short period of time. So what I found out in talking to his manager was as long as things went well, he did well. As long as he got a phone call and they wanted to see the product and they, were, they had a check or purchase order waiting, he did well. But if he ran into obstacles, he got objections, he lost that opportunity he just knew he was going to get, he wallowed around in woe is me for weeks on end. And bottom line, his skin was too thin for what we do day in and day out every day. So I'm going to continue to talk about why attitude is the most important part, but it's time for us to take our final break in the fastest hour of the week. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey. 
Hey, welcome back. Welcome to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard. Our topic today is the three attributes necessary for sales success. We're talking consistent sales success. We talked about selling skills. We talked about product knowledge, and now we're talking about attitude. I just shared with you a story about a young man who had selling skills. He had product knowledge, but once he got knocked down, he stayed down. Okay, he did, his skin was just too thin for what we have to deal with day in and day out to be consistently successful. And then at the next training, they sent me this guy. He was from the Northeast, and when he came, he was not as well-dressed. As a matter of fact, it looked like he got dressed in the dark. And I want you to imagine for a second if you went to your closet and it was totally dark, and you grab a shirt. Can't see what it looks like. You grab a a pair of pants. Can't see what it looks like. You grab a belt. You grab a tie. uh, You grab some socks, some shoes, and you put it all on, and you just walk out into the light of day. That's what this gentleman was dressed like when he came to my class. (laughs) And it looked like he really looked like he could have been, what's the guy's name, Rodney Dangerfield. It looked like he could have been Rodney Dangerfield's twin brother. It was the worst presentation I'd ever seen in my life. he just, and I say, you know what, I'm just going to give him my best. Uh, he was not polished. He was not fluent. He was not eloquent by any stretch of the imagination. But this young guy refused to be denied. He was relentless. And no was not an option. Failure was not an option. And he had no problems pursuing top-level contacts. And those of you who've been listening to my show, you know I believe in going after the C-suite. CEOs, presidents, CFOs, COOs, go after the top people who actually approve the decision. All right? But they also have the ability to veto the decision. This person was relentless. And one of the things top-level people appreciate is tenacity. As a matter of fact, in any organization... Top-level executives wish they had more tenacious, more determined people working for them. So when they see that trait in someone, it's not a trait that they don't like. It's a trait that they respond to, that they're attracted to. So this, this gentleman did not have the product knowledge, did not have all of the selling skills, but had a, a in-it-to-win-it attitude. He broke just about every company record. They had. As a matter of fact, he broke several of my records that that stood for quite a while. So that's why I'm saying you can have all of the selling skills in the world. You can have all of the product knowledge in the world. But if you don't have the right attitude, if you aren't willing to hang in there when things get tough, and by the way, things will get tough. You can take that to the bank and cash it. All right. If you can't hang in there when things get tough. You're not going to make it. You're not going to be consistently successful. But I continually see people who don't have all the product knowledge, who don't have all the selling skills, but they have the right attitude. They make things happen. I have, I have some people who are seasoned sales professionals that may come to my class, my workshops, and I'm giving them ideas that I know without a doubt will work if they will apply it. And based on their knowledge and their skill level, they say, well, you know, I've been doing this now for 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, and I've always done it this way, and I just don't see why I need to change. 
and they get the results they get. But I get someone who comes into my class who may be fresh out of college, and they don't know that they don't know. And I can tell them, go through the brick wall, and this is how you do it. And because I said, and they have trust and faith in that what I'm telling them does work because of my reputation, they, they say, well, Ty told me to go through a brick wall. I must be able to go through it. And guess what? They go through the brick wall, and they make things happen. That has nothing to do with selling skills. It has nothing to do with product knowledge. It had everything to do with a belief system. All right? So also I want to talk about this thing called purpose. You've heard me talk about purpose before. Purpose is, is a much bigger thing than a goal. A goal is what you want to accomplish. You write it down, and we get excited about goals at the beginning of the year, and we don't look at them again, many of us, until the end of the year and say, oh, I, oh I'm surprised I hit that. Or, oh, man, I didn't hit that. A purpose is something that you can't get away from. A purpose will wake you up in the morning. All right. A purpose and the definition I use for purpose is someone or something that if you had to face in defeat, facing them or it in defeat would be more painful to you than the cost to be successful. In earlier shows, I shared my purpose with you. It would be more punishing and brutal for me to ever fail my family and not be able to take care of their needs. And to, at this point now, because I have grandchildren, it's my desire. It's my, it's my desire to be able to take care of their college and, uh, and to take and have an investment property for them when they get out of college, to have funds available for them if they want to start a business. I, that's, that's not optional. I have to succeed in order to make that possible for my grandchildren. Failure is not an option for me. So you have to find something that's going to spur you on that even when things get tough, failure is not an option. It would be more punishing and brutal to you to face that situation in defeat versus letting it happen. So that's what we're talking about. Those are the three attributes of sales success and being successful consistently. You have to have... Selling skills. Selling skills we identified was about 20%. You have to gain product knowledge eventually. But initially, you don't have to have product knowledge to be successful. You just have to have access to the information. But the most important thing to be successful now and long term and forever (laughs) is the proper attitude. And the one thing that will spur you when nothing else will is that thing called purpose. Purpose will give you the strength to face the brutality of this world, of this business world. It forces you to ask yourself, am I interested in being successful or am I committed to being successful? If you're just interested, as long as things go well, you'll do well. But when things get tough, you'll falter also. If you're committed, it just doesn't matter. You'll figure a way out. And the definition I have of commitment is to fix yourself to a position no matter what. To fix yourself to a position no matter what. Let's get committed. While time is up, as usual, I enjoy this show. As you can tell, I get fired up about this thing. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to go out and try to find somebody I can sell to right now. As a matter of fact. But, hey, if you like what you're hearing, and I'm trying my best to give you first-rate information material, the least you can do 
is showing appreciation by letting me know you're out there. Give me, send me a line and say, hey, I appreciate you, what you're giving us. I'm giving you first-rate information. Let me know you appreciate it. Go to Tymena Group uh, Facebook page and like us. Let us know you're there. If you're interested in gaining some additional knowledge, we have products that, that you can use. You've got to have a copy of Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something as part of your reference. That's a book that I wrote. As a matter of fact, the, the show comes from the title of the book. All right, go to TyMaynerGroup.com, our online store. You can order the book there. Uh, you, you may be able to get it from Amazon.com, Barnes & Nobles. Just get the book. I promise you, you will not be sorry. If you're looking for to train your sales team, give us a call. Or, or better yet, send me an email at Ty, T-Y-E, at Ty, T-Y-E, Mayner, M-A-N-E-R, Group.com. Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. And we would love to help you. We would love to help you. If you're interested in coaching one-on-one, we have a program that will assist you in being the top in what you're doing. I have had several of my students on. One of the students, he's in the top 3% of all State Farm agents. And we want to help you as well. So we thank you. Reach out to me and let me know that you're listening, okay? Thank you. We look forward to talking to you next week. In the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something.